Life, Hope, and Truth presents The Fundamental Beliefs of the Church of God, a Worldwide Association. Written by Tom Kirkpatrick. Presented by Clyde Kylo. Fundamental Beliefs of the Church of God, a Worldwide Association. This booklet provides a summary of the basic beliefs and teachings of the Church of God, a Worldwide Association. While the Bible contains many more teachings, these 20 form the basis of the Church's understanding of God's truth, His plan of salvation for mankind in Jesus Christ, and the message of the Church, which is the pillar and ground of the truth. Each chapter opens with the Church's summary statement of a belief, then follows with more detailed explanation. Many scriptures are provided to support the teaching. We firmly contend that belief must come from and stand on Scripture, not speculation or man-made theories. However, space does not allow quoting every supporting Scripture, nor is it practical in this audio version to cite every Scripture that is noted in the written version of this booklet. So we urge you to also refer to the written booklet, carefully read and personally study further to prove these things for yourself from the pages of your Bible. Fundamental Belief Number 1. The Godhead Summary Statement God the Father is an eternally existing spirit, a perfect personal being of supreme love, intelligence, knowledge, justice, power, and authority. It was through the Word who became Jesus Christ that He created all things that exist. The Father is the source of life, the sustainer of the universe through His power. There is one Lord, Jesus Christ, who has eternally existed. He came to earth to do the will of the Father. He is the Messiah, the Christ, and the divine Son of the living God who was born of human flesh to the Virgin Mary. God is an eternal family currently consisting of the Father and the Son. Both the Father and Son are involved in the creative work of expanding this family by bringing many children, sons and daughters, to glory. The Holy Spirit is the power of God and the Spirit of life eternal, not a separate entity or being. Now the details. Human history is full of opinions about God's nature or even His existence. He created us, unlike any other created being, in His own image. But ever since Adam and Eve separated themselves from God by sinning, most of humanity has lost the knowledge of God and His purpose. Our ignorance has ever worsened through Satan the devil's deceptions, to the point that man has created in his own mind many false concepts of God. So we must turn to the only authoritative source for understanding this foundational subject, the Bible, God's book of self-revelation. The Bible opens with the creation account, telling us that the physical universe came into existence by God through the Word who became Jesus Christ. God also made the angels who are spirit beings. See fundamental belief number two. In the first verse of the Bible, God is revealed to be more than one individual. In the beginning, God, the Hebrew is Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. The Hebrew noun Elohim is the plural form of the word Eloah, which means God. Then God said, let us make man in our image, 
according to our likeness. Later in the Bible, in John 1.1, we read that the one who became flesh, Jesus, was the spokesman. In the beginning was the Word, logos in Greek, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, that is, the other member of the Godhead, the Father. The Word became flesh as Jesus the Christ. One of the reasons Jesus came was to declare and reveal the Father. In John 10.30, Jesus revealed that the Father and He are one. The Greek word for one is heis. Likewise, His children can be considered one. He prayed that the believers in His church would become so united in purpose and mind that they too may be one, heis, just as we are unified in purpose, belief, and love. Paul uses the same word, heis, to describe the intimate union of a man and woman in one body. Later, explaining the symbol of the bread used in the New Testament Passover, Paul used the same word again to describe the multiple individuals in the church united as one body. For we, though many, are one bread and one body for we all partake of that one bread. These and other scriptures illustrate how two, or many, can be considered one. Both members of the God family are uncreated and eternal. Both are omniscient and omnipotent. As spirit beings, they are not bound or limited by time and space or the features and laws of the physical world they created. Jesus had lived forever in the past as the Word with the Father in this glorious state. They alone are worthy of the worship of the angels and man. This is true of the Father and the Son. Both have love as the essence of their character. The Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father. Both have the same perfect, holy character expressed in its essence of love, truth, and merciful kindness. God's holiness is a central theme of the Bible. God is clean and pure, with no defilement. God's holy character is consistent and never changes. A study of God's holiness tells us He is superior to any other and worthy of special reverence. He is the Creator, transcendent over all He created. This is because He is eternal, self-existent, unchanging, and all-powerful. He chooses, calls, and sets apart a people to Himself, and He expects them to become holy like Him. He is perfect in character. His perfect character includes love, righteousness, wisdom, truth, justice, and mercy. Though they are both eternal and of the same character and power, Jesus stated that the Father is greater than the Son. The Father Supreme in authority, even over the Son, has appointed and granted to the Son various rights and responsibilities and honors. The Father has conferred upon the Son responsibilities such as to sustain all created things, to be the personal covenant God of the people of God in Old Testament times, to be the Lamb of God, a willing sacrifice slain from the foundation of the world, whose blood would be shed to atone for the sins of mankind, to be the head of the church, 
to be our high priest, interceding and advocating on our behalf before the Father, to be the coming King and Lord over all the earth. Philippians 2, 9 through 10 shows that ultimately the Father will exalt the Son such that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, although that time has not yet come. Every knee, of course, does not include the Father, to whom Christ will be subject. At that time, God the Father will be all in all and will dwell with man. Many of the New Testament epistles include introductions of worshipful praise and benedictions regarding these two who comprise the God family, the Father and the Son. But what about the Holy Spirit? The Bible teaches that God the Father and Christ have a common power, a spirit by which they are able to accomplish their will. It is by this one common spirit power that they created and sustained the universe, extend their will throughout it, and influence, inspire, strengthen, encourage, and enlighten the mind of man. The Holy Spirit is nowhere identified in the Bible as a personage or being in the Godhead, but rather as the power of God the operational force God uses to project His will into the created order. Neither is there any instance in the Bible where the Holy Spirit is worshipped. The Church of God, a worldwide association, believes the Bible does not teach the Trinity. We believe in the divinity of the Father and Jesus Christ, but believe the Holy Spirit is God's divine power, not a third personality of a triune God. We believe and teach that God is best described as a divine family. To learn more about this topic, download our free booklet, Getting to Know the God of the Bible. Thanks for listening. For the next chapter of this booklet, continue with Episode 2 of The Fundamental Beliefs of the Church of God, a Worldwide Association.